On today's episode, is depleted uranium a health risk? Today's episode is brought to you by Engineering.com, a globally trusted source for engineering content. Check out this and many other exclusive videos for the engineering professional found only on Engineering.com TV today. Every few years, and again now because of the war in Ukraine, the media picks up on a very interesting military technology used in armor-piercing shells that's depleted uranium. And every time they do, a debate is reignited about the health effects of the use of depleted uranium shells on the battlefield, particularly long-term exposure to the metal. Now, oddly, almost no one seems to understand what depleted uranium is, and even fewer use an engineering approach to the risks that it poses. So what is depleted uranium? Well, as the name suggests, it's uranium, radioactive, a very dense metal whose radiation has been allowed to deplete over time, rendering it safe to handle by both tank and gun crews. Now, APFSDS, or Armor-Piercing Fin-Stabilized Discarding Sabo Anti-Tank Rounds, and boy, does the Pentagon ever love those acronyms, well, they're essentially very high-velocity depleted uranium darts, whose very high kinetic energy and high density bores through heavy armor and sprays a lethal quantity of white-hot shrapnel onto the crews inside. Now, it's a devastating and highly effective round, but the real controversy from DU comes not from its use in the battlefield, but from the residual depleted uranium left over after the battle. Now, ionizing radiation sources have an interesting property. They never really become fully inert, although over time the radiation emitted becomes insignificant compared to natural background radiation. Now, residual radiation in a DU round is detectable, and several studies suggest that it is responsible for elevated cancer rates amongst people that must live in and around former battlefields where these rounds were used. It's no surprise that we see elevated cancer rates any place where there's residual ionizing radiation. While that's not good, an engineering approach to the health risk would be to take into account a lot of the other factors. Now, in a war, the primary threat to life comes from losing the battle, being direct casualties from enemy fire. A secondary and very significant source of civilian casualties after a war come from leftover munitions, particularly anti-personnel mines, which can be deadly for decades. A tertiary source of harm is the environmental combination of chemicals and heavy metals strewn around every battlefield. Air and water pollution must be considered as well, from explosive residues and propellants. Now, somewhere down around risk number five, say, lies depleted uranium. Now, taken in isolation, there's definitely a statistical correlation between DU in an environment and an increased risk of cancer. But if you take a step back and look at the overall mathematics, the risk to human life in a war comes primarily from being shot or blown up in battle, being killed by leftover munitions post-war, and by contamination of land, water, and air from the multitude of chemicals used in warfare. And lastly, from the small amount of leftover radiation from one specific kind of anti-tank shell. So why all the fuss? Well, because uranium implies fissionable material, the stuff of atomic bombs. Now, DU anti-tank shells have nothing whatsoever to do with nuclear weapons, but that distinction is lost on the majority of people who are not as technically well-versed as we are. Now, sometimes we poison and irradiate people intentionally. It's called radiation and chemotherapy, and for cancer patients, the health risks from those things are far outweighed by the health benefits from killing or suppressing a tumor. It's all about risk factors. If we're worried about health effects after a war, let's start by figuring out how to keep children from stepping on those landmines. Well, that's it for today's audio version of End of the Line, brought to you by Engineering.com. If you like this podcast, subscribe to Engineering.com to get personalized story recommendations, follow topics you care about, and participate with the global engineering community. You can also watch this podcast as a video along with our other exclusive series only on Engineering.com TV. Thanks for tuning in.